Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. We've got our coffee ready to go. Do you have yours? We've got a special episode for you guys today. We're engaged. engaged. We just got engaged on Friday. I popped the big question and she said yes. I wasn't too worried about it. We've been talking about getting married and engaged for a while now. It was definitely a long time coming. Yeah, more seriously over the last two years we've been talking mm-hmm. about, but this last year for sure. Yeah. Been showing you rings. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me when you first decided that you were going to propose. Well, I know when we were still in college, you had talked about it with me a few times and asked me what my thought process was on a timeline for when I wanted to propose. And at the time, about two years ago, I wasn't really ready. I thought about proposing, but I ultimately decided that if I had proposed two years ago, it would have been more because I knew you wanted a ring and that you were saying you were ready and less of me actually being ready. And I wanted to give it to you because I was ready to give it to you, not because you wanted it or because you were ready. Yeah, and I told you that. I told you to do it once you were ready and wanted to be married, not just because you thought I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I just had to realize there's never going to be a perfect moment. There's never going to be that point in your life when every single thing is going right. There's always going to be some kind of issue, some problem, whether it's monetary or career-wise or home-wise, whatever it is, there's always going to be something. And I think I was too worried about trying to perfect everything and making sure every little thing was in place. And I finally realized that the only thing that matters is that you and I are happy together and that we want to be together. And of course, you know, there's other factors about if you and I agree on certain things or making big decisions together. But ultimately, I realized that you're the one I wanted to be with. And no matter what else is going on, you're always that one aspect of my life that's always been consistent and always been right for me. And I think that's what really made me be ready because I wanted to be with you. And I was like, you know, it doesn't matter if things aren't perfect, because what we have is the best thing in my life right now, the best thing that's going for me. And that'll always be the case. Because even when things are going well, it's going to be because of our relationship and because of the foundation that we built. So that's what's made me ready. But I finally decided probably about a year ago that I was ready, but seriously looking at rings about six months ago. What made you decide on the ring that you got me? Well, you know, we looked together a few times in person. I wanted to go with you to get a feel for what you wanted. I didn't want the full gamble of hoping you were going to like it. I I wanted your opinions and your perspective and your insights. But I also didn't want you to pick it out yourself. You know, you hear some women say, I want this very specific ring. And if I don't get it, I'll be... Yeah, they'll go together and she'll pick out which ring she wants. Yeah. And I, I wanted that for you. I wanted you to pick something that you wanted. I want to know your style cut that you liked, your diamond layering, and your how many carrots would be too much. And I wanted these insights, but I didn't want you to know so much about it that it wasn't a surprise. Yeah. Because in my opinion, the ring is almost a gift. It's a promise to you, but... It's not so much you writing out a contract to what you want and I'm signing it off. It's my own personal promise to you and my own personal gift to you. Yeah. And I think that any man should put effort into making the decision because that's part of the promise and putting the effort in to say, hey, I made this decision because it reminded me of you because I find these things about you that I love and I think that you would love this based on what you've told me. And having that reciprocation of talking back and forth and communicating, I think it's a big representation of what marriage is. And I wanted to have those insights from you, but still give you something that had a part of me in it. Just want to make a quick comment about that. I know you said any man, so specifically I know you're saying that because obviously you're the man in the relationship and I'm the woman, but not every relationship is like that, so. Yes, thank you. But I know I knew what you I was talking say. from my own perspective. Yes. So just disclaimer for anyone out there. Because specifically, I think male woman relationships traditionally give rings. Not always, but I think that's probably the most common. So from my perspective, because that's the case in our relationship, yes. I was thinking of that. But yes, no matter what 
relationship you're in or what symbol you guys choose to propose with or use as a symbol of your marriage or your relationship is all is all perfectly acceptable it's different for every couple but in my perspective with rings and hearing about how couples chose rings and looking together you hear a lot about usually women saying oh i want this exactly because they fall in love with something Mm -hmm. from my perspective i'm thinking well you're in love with me, not the ring. Yes. And, you know, there's always that other side where you're going to love anything I give you because it's from me and because it's yes. attached to that promise. But I also do genuinely want you to love the ring for the ring. Yeah. It's double-sided. I want you to it is a piece of jewelry. enjoy what you're wearing because you're going to be wearing it for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and like how it looks on you and everything. But also have that side where you can say, well, this is from him because he picked it out. Yes. And he took the time to know what I wanted in a general sense and put something together that was a combination of our two interests. Yeah, and I think the only thing I really said to you was before we were even seriously looking at rings, I used to think I only liked like the white gold or silver or platinum or whatever, but I didn't like gold gold. But then I decided later on I didn't really care after trying on rings with you. So I think the only thing I really said that I liked the most was the cut. Yeah. And then I told you I didn't want it too big because I have small fingers. Yeah, you would look at a few that you thought you would otherwise not like. But once you've seen it on your finger or you've seen a picture of it on somebody else, you'd say, oh, I actually like this one a lot more than I thought. If somebody had told you, hey, this ring is this cut and it's this many carats and it's this color, you might say, oh, that's not one that I've liked before. But then you see it on you or you see it in a new perspective and then There were quite a few like that where you said, oh, I actually like that one. So Mm -hmm. that made me feel better looking for you because I was like, okay, she's got a little bit more flexibility on her interests and what what she thinks would look good on her. So that made me feel a little bit better. I was ultimately stressed out the most in the whole planning the proposal process in picking the ring that I wanted to get for you, not because I was stressed about you not liking it necessarily, more so just because I knew that was the biggest thing holding me back from actually being able to propose was picking out the ring. I wasn't worried about making a payment plan or deciding how I was going to do it or the actual moment. My biggest hurdle was I need to pick something, but I don't want to rush into it just so I can propose because it's still important what I pick. So that was the biggest thing. Once I picked out the ring that I liked for you, it was a huge relief off my shoulders. That was the biggest thing where I was like, okay, that's done. We're a lot closer now. Did it make it easier when I said, like, I liked a specific cut? But also, I think I told you, no matter, I didn't care where you got it. You could get it at JCPenney. You could get it at Zales. You could get it at whatever jewelry store or pawn shop. I don't care. But I think I said, if you got it from somewhere that came with the cleaning, you know, where you can set it out to be cleaned and whatnot, I like that aspect because mm-hmm. I don't have anything to clean it. So I said, if you got it somewhere where they had that, I want it to where I, I can get it cleaned whenever I want to and I don't have like the stipulation of having to do it by a specific date. Did that help? Absolutely. You, you made it very easy for me <laughs> because... While you generally liked the marquee cut the best, and there was a common trend among most of the rings that you looked at that you liked, you had a lot of flexibility. You told me, I don't care where you get it from. I'm good if you want to get real or lab-grown diamond. Mm -hmm. You gave me many choices, and that was helpful. I did look at lab-grown diamonds as well. The one I ended up getting you was real diamond. Mm -hmm. But I did look at lab-grown too. It, It really just came down to which one I liked the best for you, and that was the only factor. Yeah. Because if I found one that I liked better that was lab-grown, I would have just gotten that since we already had that conversation. Yeah. That that wasn't something that was important to you. Mm -hmm. So for those who don't know, they have the lab-grown diamonds now, which are supposed to be more ethical, like sourced, whatnot. Mm -hmm. But structure-wise and appearance-wise, they're supposed to be basically identical to diamonds. The only difference is resale value drops significantly Mm -hmm. for lab-grown. But I told him I didn't really care because the ring is not going to be sold. If anything, I want to keep it forever and then pass it down. So I didn't care about that at all. Right. The real diamonds these days are equivalent to probably a $2 bill. It's pretty much the same. You can still use it for the same purposes. But the value is probably going to increase over time versus a lab-grown because of that productivity. It's much harder to mine the minerals and process everything. 
and get it sent out versus the lab-growns are mass-produced these days, and they're probably more common than real diamonds. They're starting to overtake the business, and there's a lot of jewelers that have been losing sales, and so prices of real diamonds are going up as a side piece because they're more rare. Yeah. But it's not that it's any different. It's just the source of it is more rare. Yeah, so I didn't really have a preference. I It doesn't have to be a real diamond or a lab-grown diamond or a different gem specifically. I didn't have that. The only thing that I really liked was the cut. And even then, I said it doesn't have to be that cut. But most of the rings that I liked were in the shape of that cut, even if the actual centerpiece wasn't. Yeah, most of the ones you looked at pretty much were the same cut. There was only one or two that were a different cut. And even then, they kind of looked similar. Yeah, they were like in the same shape as the marquee. Because the marquee is basically like the typical shape diamond. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. if you do draw shapes like triangle, circle, whatever, the diamond. So a lot of the rings I liked were still in that shape, even if the centerpiece wasn't it. So it, either way, I still like that shape. So I think that helped. As for the store, I didn't have one specific store where I was thinking, okay, I have to get it from here, or I really hope I can find one at this place I like. It really just came down to the ring. I mean, I've seen a bunch of different rings everywhere, and you see a lot of very similar ones that are vastly different prices, and you're thinking, okay, well, what's really the difference? Is it the carrot? Is it how it was produced? I ultimately ended up getting it from JCPenney because they had a little page on their jewelry page that stuck out to me. They had a little paragraph that really made me feel good about buying from them. Because when you go into a jeweler, you've got the people standing behind the counter that immediately jump on you and say, hey, what can I help you with? What what do you want to look at? And they start asking all these questions and you're thinking, oh, I just want to look, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what I want yet. I have a couple of parameters, but I don't have anything too serious decided. I feel like you always have that pressure in the big yes. jewelry stores to make some sort of commitment. But JCPenney's had a excerpt on their website that said, don't worry about the price. Seriously, don't worry about the price. Verbatim, they reiterated, don't worry about it. And they said, the most important thing is that you're picking a ring that you think your partner will like, and you're making that promise to them that you want to spend the rest of their life with you. And that's the most important part. And I said, you know what? You're right. That is the most important part because so many people stress about that. And it even said at the beginning of it as well, spending three months worth of pay or whatever that traditional expectation of a cost of a ring is, that they said that that's outdated to try and get people to spend more money. And they said, just focus on getting the ring that you know your partner will like and making that promise because that's the most important part. I agree. And I said, I want to get it from there because there's no pressure. They just want to help you find the perfect ring for your partner. And that's what I want. Yeah. And I also agreed that that was outdated. And I don't think it really should matter how much it costs. I know there are people who care, but I was like, I don't want you to spend too much. Um, That was my only other thing was don't spend too much money on it. Because I I personally would feel guilty if you spent like thousands of dollars on this ring. And then I don't, it's not, I don't have anything to reciprocate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you get a ring, but that don't cost that much. And also, just in general, financially, that's a lot of money to be putting down on just a piece of jewelry, in my opinion. I know some people really care about that. Well, and like you say, in some relationships, maybe that's important to people. Yes. Maybe some people's belief on it is that because it's representing this big promise, that it should be monetarily valuable, equivalent to the value of the idea of it. Yeah. But in our relationship, we just feel like... The promise is the most important part. Yeah, the commitment is what matters to us. a lot of couples will just go straight down to the courthouse. They don't even have a ceremony or or get jewelry really until after, and it's something small. Everybody celebrates that combination of family and livelihood in their own way. Yeah, and the commitment of love is really what matters. It doesn't matter necessarily what the piece of jewelry is. It doesn't matter what kind of ceremony or whatever you have. The commitment is what matters. The love behind it is what matters. So for me, I didn't want you to spend a bunch of money on it. And also, if we were going to spend a bunch of money, I'd rather have put that money towards something else, like having a nice reception with our family or our honeymoon or something like that. So. Yes. That's something you and I have talked about recently, too, yeah. is potentially putting more money into our honeymoon than the actual wedding ceremony, because the wedding's just for a day. You want to have a nice wedding, you want it to be memorable, but at the end of the day, the dollar per minute you're spending on things you can't even 
process enjoying with that dollar amount. It's almost as if you're just paying to be there, which, you know, it's a big thing. And that's another aspect, just like the ring, where every couple has different opinions on how important that is to them. Yeah. But we just want to get married. We know we want to be together. We've been together for seven years. Mm-hmm. We're going to be together the rest of our lives. Which I know a lot of people are going to be like, seven years, why'd you wait so long? But we met at 17. Mm-hmm. So that is a big difference for and- a lot of couples, for one. And for two, the biggest thing I said was, even though I was ready to get married when we were in college and whatnot, is I didn't want you to focus on trying to propose and trying to pay for a ring and whatnot. Uh, I wanted you to focus on us both getting our degree first and being able to pay for our degree and get through school. (laughs) I'm crying. And whatnot. And then worry about it. Because the stress of school itself is enough. And our relationship was good. We didn't need to worry ourselves about that yet. Yeah, and in our episode about college, we talk a lot more about that type of thing because that was when we first really felt those pressures of adulthood because we were going to school, making decisions about our careers, moving out on our own into a place together, really getting serious about talking about engagement and marriage. So we talk a lot about that in our college episode. But that's something that we had many conversations about. Mm -hmm. And you had told me, yeah, that you didn't want me to worry about getting a ring until we were both done with school. But I wasn't ready to propose then anyway, like I was saying earlier, because there were so many things going on. So many. And that was a time in my life when I felt as if things weren't lined up right and I wasn't in the right place in my life to make that commitment because I had so many affairs out of order that I was still working for. And I'm a perfectionist when it comes to something that's important to me, like proposing, that I'm saying, okay, well, how can I propose and tell her, I want to share a life with her when I don't have my life in order. And I was so hyper-focused on that until I finally had realized if it's something we both want, then that's all that matters. And the rest will figure itself out. We'll make it work together. Yeah, as a couple. Yeah, that was the thing too, was as much as I did want to get married, I was like, we just moved out together. We're still in college. I want to figure out living together first. Because I know that's not tradition. Not everyone lives together before they get married, but we did. So I wanted to figure out living together, getting used to living together, finishing our degree. Because we both were finishing our degrees, but at different time frames. So you graduated in 2021 of December? Yes. And I graduated in August of 2022. So we were slightly off. And mm-hmm. we'll talk more about why that is in our college episode. So we were both in different things there. So even though you got your degree, I was still doing my degree. So I didn't want to worry about that either. And then just adulthood, different struggles that we went through. We had our moments and whatnot. So I wanted us to be able to push past those and persevere through all those things first. And like you said, a lot of people, almost everybody we tell, besides family and really close friends, will say, seven years, what took you so long? It's about time. But we were 17 when we started dating, and you and I had actually had a conversation about it a couple years back when you had first started telling me, you know, you were almost ready to be married and at least engaged Mm -hmm. so that we had it official because we had already knew we wanted to be together. And I had told you, well, if I had met you, I think it was when we were about 21, 22, and I told you, if I had met you when I was 21, 22, we'd probably be engaged in about two years, three years. Yeah. But... We were still growing up when we started dating. We We were were still still figuring out our lives, figuring out our lives, learning about ourselves, figuring out what we wanted. Nothing Mm -hmm. was set in stone. It was all very new to us, and especially it being our first serious relationship for each of us. We had so much to learn and so many things to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I've told Ariana many times recently, I feel as though the last two, three years have really been the point where we've started dating. When you're in high school and even in college and you're not seeing each other much and you both have so many things going on, you're dating, but those middle three years were probably the least serious we've been because we came out of the gate so strong when we started dating and we were so tight and close, constantly going out on dates, constantly learning about each other. And these last two or three years living together, we've gotten to know each other so much more, learning about our niches and our deeper level, our our niches and our living style and how we do chores and which of us has better strengths. Yeah, our strengths domestic in the household and how we want to live our life and buying groceries and planning and budgeting and financing, all of these things. So those middle two, three years were probably 
the weakest point in our relationship because we had so many other things going on besides just focusing on us. Mm-hmm. And so it was at that point where I was saying, well, if I had met you at this age and two, three years from now, we were ac- asking about this, I would have been ready. Yeah. But those first couple of years where we were so close, I loved you. I knew I wanted to stay being with you and seeing where it went, but I still had so many other things to figure out. Yeah, life itself. And so those years were pivotal in the point of like we learned more about ourselves but that was also during covid so we didn't see each other as often nearly as often because you know we want to be careful with covid i didn't know this but i had a health condition that made me more prone to being sick so just in general we wanted to be conscious of that and we had family members we didn't want to get sick so we didn't see each other very often and we did more like zoom like online kind of dates together, mm-hmm. made dinner together on a video chat type thing. So Yeah, I had forgotten we really stopped going on dates for about a year mm-hmm. because of COVID. That first probably nine months of you the know. outbreak, even my mom was saying, you know, I know you guys love each other. I know you're close, but I don't know if you should be going over to each other's houses, at, you know, as often as you do a couple times a week because... It's just too much back and forth. She lives with their grandparents. I don't want to put them at risk. You see your grandmother a lot. So my mom was saying, you know, cool it down a little bit. There's other things you can do besides cuddling, watching a movie twice a week with everything that's going on right now. But also we were so busy anyway. It was probably the busiest point of our relationship because college was in high gear. Yeah. Because we had both finished what we both got our associates already. Yes. So that once you go and start your actual bachelor's, because the first two years, those who don't know, we'll talk about a lot more of this in depth, but first two years of your degree is just your associates. It's like your background knowledge, your science, mm-hmm. your math, that kind of stuff. After that is more concentrated in what you're trying to get your degree in. Mm-hmm. So that's when it gets like more serious. I think, though, even putting the COVID scenario aside, you and I would have gone on less dates and stuff naturally because that's really the only point in our relationship thus far where we've really been doing things separately because even when we were in high school and you were doing early admissions for that last year, we were doing everything together and Mm -hmm. even through most of community college, we we were still able to actually have courses together in person and all that Mm -hmm. and now we're living together. So that middle portion was really the part where we were focusing separately yes. on career paths and different Our, ourselves growing choices. up. I think that was a big time frame for us to grow up too, like mm-hmm. as adults. Because when we first started dating, I turned 18 before you, so I was 18. But the actual becoming adults, knowing what adulthood is, you know, paying for things, that was in that time frame. So it was a lot more stressors and and whatnot Mm -hmm. of figuring out life itself on our own during that time frame so yeah definitely for those who are like yeah seven years our actual like biggest part of being in a relationship that was more like committed and whatnot was once we started living together and we made that jump I think that time frame that was a commitment in itself we started living together so that was you know another step towards commitment there then we figured out how to live together and life together and (laughs) finishing college and then after that is when we started seriously thinking about marriage definitely every step we take is a new realm of exploration and i think part of the reason that we took our time with it is because it's so important to us that we both are aware of what we have with our relationship and we don't want to screw anything up Mm -hmm. we don't want to have to do anything twice we don't want to lose any time Mm -hmm. or have to go and do steps over. We want to get everything right the first time because Mm -hmm. it's important to us. And we don't mind taking our time with it. Because if you're thinking about your relationship with the perspective of we're both serious about spending the rest of our lives together, if we live till 80, 90, 100 years old, we have so much time to just enjoy living life being married. There's things we have to get right. There's important conversations we have to have about Mm -hmm. decision-making things we want, things we expect out of our relationship and our marriage in the future and down the line. We want to have good careers set up and Mm -hmm. we want to be able to give a good life to our children. And Yeah, and that's another concept too that you have to kind of discuss as a relationship. It's like, do you want children? How soon do you want to have children? How do you want to raise them? Yeah, and I didn't want to be in a marriage really young 
and not know what I'm doing with expenses, not knowing where we're going to live, mm-hmm. not knowing any of these things before we really learned about it. So, And I know some people, some people do get married young and it works for them and their relationship and they move and progress through that very well. It just took us longer. Yeah, and I think part of it too is with you living with your grandparents, they raised their own three kids, yes. then three, three grandkids. grandkids. Now they have two more grandkids. So... I think you kind of had moments where you were out of touch with certain adult expectations because they had so many kids run around and they were already on their second run through of being parents. And I think we'll talk more about how we were raised, but with that, yeah, how we were raised, I think also made a difference in... I think just in general when you're... Maturity levels too. Yeah. I think just in general when you're in a bigger household with lots of kids, there's always going to be a little bit of a disconnect with certain topics, whether it's finances and taxes or checking on how they're doing in school or after school activities. It's hard to be fully present with every child, with every context all the time. And so there might have been things that... too about having kids is we don't have so many that we mm-hmm. can't give them all enough attention for one or have so much stress like going to the grocery store even. like that. Yeah. And in my family, my parents always sheltered my sister and I. And not necessarily in a bad way. They talked to us about things, but when it came to taxes or finances or getting a job, we didn't talk about those things until the time came up, until I had a job and then I had to file my taxes. Yeah. And then I was thinking about moving out. So they started asking me about my finances and how much money I had in my savings. And then when I got my driver's license, then we talked about getting insurance and this and that. Like we didn't talk about those things until the time come because my parents always focused on taking care of us and they wanted us to have the best life that we could live. Yeah. So they did so much for us in the beginning that we almost didn't know how to do anything for ourselves. And my mother actually made a comment about it once a long time ago when we would have an issue, like the AC would break or something. And my sister and I didn't help <laughs> like clean up the water or something because... I remember you telling me about that. We were always used to them taking care of business and... Taking care of everything. Taking care of everything for us. So when something actually happened, we would look to them and say... Like, what do you want us to do? What we're do we waiting do? for you to take yeah. care of it. You always fix everything for us. You always do everything right. And it wasn't that crazy where it's like we go to jail and they bail us out or something like they're always backing us out it was just whenever there was an issue or a potential road bump my parents always were on top of things and taking care of things so then it was to the point where my sister and I had to go out into the world on our own and make these big decisions for ourselves and come across our own issues it was like okay I need a little bit more time to figure out how I want to go about this because my parents did it this way but I don't know if that way works for me or I didn't have time to learn about this as long. So all these different roadblocks we hit was a chance for us to figure out how we wanted to make those decisions together as a couple and how to live our life and be out in the real world and be adults. We had to kind of decide these things together before we were able to go into a marriage and know what we were doing. I think it helps that both your sister and you found potential, you know, life partners who were raised completely different. It's ironic you guys were raised one way, obviously your siblings, you were raised the same. And then me and then your sister's husband were raised kind of similarly, ironically, because we were lived in two completely opposite areas of the, you know, the country. And we like were raised one way. So it helped in that aspect. Well, we'll talk more about it. But I, you know, just in general, you were raised more sheltered, as you say, you know, they took care of things. And my family was more like, we're going to teach you how to be relying on yourself. So you don't mm-hmm. have to be relying on a, you know, a partner if you don't have one. Mm-hmm. You're going to know how to be independent. Yeah, definitely. And like you say, my brother-in-law was raised completely different from my sister and I. And I think my he was parents more independent because he had to be. I was just raised to be independent, but either way, we were both more independent, so we kind of brought that into each relationship. Well, like you say, it's the kind of thing where my parents and your parents or my parents and my brother-in-law's parents can sit together and have a conversation and say, oh yeah, no, we did things differently. We went this route or we did this or we didn't do this. And that changes how a person perceives challenges in the world and Mm -hmm. whether they're afraid of challenge or not worried about it or how confident they feel in solving a problem everybody's experience 
in that adolescent phase where you're really starting to have to make your own decisions and have responsibilities. Everybody takes to those a different way. Mm -hmm. And we both were kind of at the point where we had the idea of what we were supposed to do, but we've never really had to execute it. On our own. Yeah. And I think it think it helps that we are both raised different ways to be able to overcome those things. So not to say like one way of parenting or one way of raising is better than the other because it's just different. It's not one way is the best. Um, they were just different parenting styles in different ways. So I think it just helped Absolutely. that we both were raised completely differently because then we had different ideas and then we came together and chose what we were going to do for ourselves. Absolutely. Because if you and I had the same exact perspectives and the same exact ideas and the same exact practices on how we solved things, we would end up being in trouble with the same issues Yes. because neither of us would catch something and say, hey, we forgot about this or hey, I think we did this wrong. With us having those different perspectives, I think it makes our relationship even healthier, especially when it comes to responsibility and making a life because you might think of something and I'm like, well, why don't we do it this way? Because I think this makes more sense. Or I'll do something and you're saying, well, I've done this a better way. Yeah. So we Either contribute those ideas. We've done it before and we know what's worked better than the other way. Or we just don't think the same way. So like mm-hmm. you're like, hey, why don't we do something this way? And I'm like, well, what about this way? And then we compromise or, you know, come in the middle of what those two are. We're like, oh, you know, what? I didn't even think about it like that. So I think that helps a lot. That's what makes our relationship work. Yeah. So now we're at the point where we're finally engaged. Mm -hmm. We've gone through all of these phases and we'll tell you guys the full story and go through each step with a whole episode. But we we get plan and actually get married. We wanted to make this bonus episode, if you will, to kind of give everybody an update on where we're at now because this has been the cultivation of many years of decisions and learning experiences and this is really the point where we're finally starting our lives we've been living a life together for six years but it's been different every step of the way now we're at the point where we're actually living our own life starting our own family, making mm-hmm. our own real-life decisions. And that's really what's made us come back to reminisce about the beginnings of our relationship and share with you guys some of the things we went through. And I think there's probably a lot of couples out there who did date in high school and are still together. And it doesn't happen very often. My my sister and my brother-in-law did the same thing. In fact, they started dating in middle school in eighth grade. But I think there's that common perception of couples in high school, high school sweethearts, that they don't last, that you date in high school, you go out. And I think part of that reason is because there's a lot of couples that failed, that can't adjust from dating casually to going out in the real world and making those decisions. And part of it might be because communication and really making decisions or people trying to live their life their own way instead of together. Yeah, independently. But But also that's a pivotal time to learn more about self and grow. So mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, if you're not on the same pace with that or you have your own ideas of like, well, why aren't you doing this with me or whatever, you know, cause you're still immature at that point. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is also a big reason that people don't stay together. And I think the reason why people like you don't live the same life because you're 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 still growing up and if you're growing up at different paces that might be yeah. why it doesn't work out. And like you say there's a ton of young couples that get married 20 years old and they're they have successful relationships. Yeah, they have a healthy marriage, but for us, especially for me, I did not grow up quickly. I had a very good childhood. My parents to this day are still married, still happily married. Mm-hmm. I had a very healthy experience growing up. And not that it stunted my development. I was a very mature kid for my age. Yes. But I didn't have to grow up and find myself and go out and discover how to do things. I had that that aid and that loving support and that nudge Mm -hmm. into the world. So I took my time with growing up. I didn't have a traumatic experience or a divorced household where I had to grow up and learn quickly. So I wasn't ready to 
be in a marriage at 20 years old because I was still discovering myself. My parents Mm -hmm. wanted us to take our time with it. They didn't want us to rush into anything. If I was still finding myself and made that commitment to you, then I learned things about myself that I think maybe we're not compatible anymore. Maybe I want different things. Then that would have been a waste of your time and my time. And Or if maybe you, you grew up and you learned more stuff about yourself that maybe I wouldn't have liked. And then yeah. We're already in that commitment. So even though other people might be ready first, I think neither of us were ready to make that commitment. We still wanted to learn more about ourselves and each other before we got to that point. Yeah, and I actually gave Ariana a promise ring, mm-hmm. for those who don't know. In 2019. 2019, on which Christmas. was almost four years ago now, mm-hmm. uh, in December. But I gave her that because of what we just said. We wanted to be together. I had no intention of trying to be with anybody else. I wanted to be with you. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see where it went. I knew things were in a good place and we could have a lot of good things, but I wanted to make it work and I wanted to be ready. And I told you when I give you the promise ring, I'm not giving this to you because you want an engagement ring and this is a substitute because I'm not ready. I'm giving this to you because I'm telling you I have reservations about being engaged to you right now. I'm not ready, but I want it. I want to get there. And so I'm showing you I'm fully committed in our relationship and I want these things, but I'm not there yet. So this is my promise to you saying I'm working on myself. I'm committed to you. And when I'm ready, Mm -hmm. then that time will come when we can get married. Yeah. So we were exclusive. We were just dating each other. But at that point, we were like solely we're focused on each other only we're committed to each other only. We're just not emotionally, financially ready to be making that step. And I think also, like, even though we both wanted to be engaged, I don't think we were ready for that commitment. Mm-hmm. So we were ready to make, you know, a step towards commitment, but not the full leap yet. Because mm-hmm. once you're engaged, like, you're you're planning to get married. So you're you're on that step to get married. So we, we know, like, we were ready to be together and start our life and whatnot, but we weren't ready, ready to fully make that commitment. And how can you tell somebody, I want to commit my life to you if I don't know what my life is? I commit my whole self and my life to you, but I'm still finding myself. That doesn't make sense to me. You know, I wanted to know who I was, know what I wanted, knew that I was ready for it, and knew how to obtain it before I was able to promise supporting you and planning a life with you if I don't even know what I want. I'm over here so emotional. <laughs> it's still fresh. We've only we yes. haven't even been engaged a week yet. I know, which it's is crazy. crazy. It still doesn't feel real. But I'm so excited that we're here, and mm-hmm. I'm so proud of us. We've come through so many struggles. We actually had a point about four years ago, before we three years in, ago, like a year before. And I don't want to say we almost broke up because neither of us wanted to break up. It wasn't like we almost broke up, but it was the lowest point of our relationship because I had made a lot of assumptions on what Ariana wanted, whether it was we had one conversation about it a long time ago and opinions changed. And, and we, we never didn't, updated our... We never updated we each never other. revisited the conversation. Mm-hmm. Or it was just we never talked about something at all. And, and based assumed, on other responses, yeah. I made assumptions on what you'd want about this. And I was petrified that you were years ahead of me in our relationship and was ready for all these things. And I wrote you a letter and said, I don't want to break up. I want to be with you, but I feel like I'm holding you back. I'm not ready for these things. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're ready. I don't want to waste years of your time to find out maybe I don't want these things at all, or I'm not going to be ready for five more years and you're going to be waiting and waiting and waiting, or that maybe you want things that I don't want. And I wasn't sure, but we never spoke about it. Yeah, and so, so the not biggest everyone actually knows about this. Yeah, it was a it was a rough period of time. But yeah, it, it basically you were just kind of pouring your heart out to me, saying I don't want to break up, but I don't want to lead you on, kind of thing. Right. I didn't want you to feel like I was on the same page because I was going along with it because I wanted to be with you and I didn't want to break up with you and have you think, okay, well he hasn't told me. He's not good with these things. He's still in the relationship. He still wants to progress. Mm -hmm. So he's just nodding his head and going along with it. And then you find out after pushing and pushing, no, I'm not ready for this. And so the biggest thing that we learn from that situation is constantly check in with each other. We ask each other all the time, like, how you doing? Are you doing okay? Whatever. But that's general stuff. We really... Your mental health and your state of well-being, but not as a couple, like our 
yes relationship we really discovered the importance of checking in with your partner and revisiting conversations because just because you have one conversation about marriage or kids or career or living or finances those opinions can change and sometimes one of us whose opinion has changed we might not even realize that our opinion on it has changed because we haven't thought about it in a while or we haven't had to make a decision in that area in a little bit so we revisit not just for the relationship and the other Mm -hmm. person but for ourselves as well constantly asking ourselves am i still good with where we're living am i still good with my career choice am i still good with what my Mm -hmm. degree is and my major revisiting all these things because not only is it healthy for ourselves to make sure we're living the life we want to live because it's so easy to get sidetracked and think you're living a life you want to live or think you're good with the decision until you realize one day you're not happy and you've wasted this time when you could have made a change so it's for ourselves as well as our relationship and i think it's very healthy for us to monitor things so that we can still live that life that we want to live and that's been the biggest thing that's helped us out in these last two years especially you and Mm -hmm. I have been stronger than ever even before when we were in our honeymoon phase and everything was good and we didn't have problems because now we have that same love in our relationship but we also have that reward of living a life on our own and making decisions and being successful Mm -hmm. in the things we want to obtain and that feels even better when you have the love on top of it so it's not even just yeah I love you and I have no problems yay it's you're being rewarded because you have this love with this person and now things are enriched and flourishing even more because you're getting more out of it instead of just going on a date. You're getting getting a whole life now. Yeah, exactly. So with that letter, you were, I think, very, very worried that I was like ready for you to propose and get married to me like the next day and like start having kids right away and type thing. And I think emotionally we both had grew, but we never rediscussed anything after we've grown and matured more as people, not just mm-hmm. a relationship. And so those were conversations for a relationship, but we were two different people than when we first started dating. And you just assumed that I was like ready to go, go, go. And I actually started taking a step back. I was originally going to start in one career path and then it changed and so I wasn't ready for anything like that because my entire career and life that I was thinking I was going to have completely veered off course. So I was starting in that career path and getting used to that and my entire I guess mindset of what I wanted to do and what I wanted my life to be completely changed. So everything that maybe I wanted kind of started to backpedal a little because I wanted to figure out that first. Well, and it's funny. I think you and I were affected in opposite ways by that because when you went through that crisis of maybe this isn't the major I want, maybe I want a different career path, and taking a step back from the relationship and saying, okay, maybe I'm not ready to progress. I I don't even got my life figured out. Like you said, how do I commit to someone if I don't have my life figured out and I was mm-hmm. like well now my life is completely different than I originally thought it was going to be yeah and now I got to figure that out before I can fully commit to someone else well when you had that experience where you wanted to change your major and you weren't sure about which career path you mm-hmm. wanted you decided let me slow down in my relationship yeah. and get this figured out well that's what I'm going through now with my career is maybe I don't want to do what I want to do anymore. Maybe I want to try something else. And so I'm trying new things. But for me, that's made me go, well, wait a second. My relationship's been the one thing that's been consistent yeah. and growing stronger ever more through this. Let me focus on my relationship and progress that. I know I want to be with you. Why am I wasting my efforts on things that are stressing me out that aren't as important? Our relationship and our marriage is going to be the center of our life, and that's mm-hmm. most important. And if that's going strong and you and I are good and on the same page and still wanting the same things and living a good mm-hmm. life together, then let me focus on that because that's the most important thing and not let me waste my energy and my efforts on something that's not as important. Yeah, because your career is important. So we took different perspectives But it, it. it was more so like these things are stressing you out, but they're, they're not important to, to focus solely on the things that are stressing you out and whatnot. Like as a relationship, as a couple, we'll get through these things together. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I wasn't mature and ready to do that. And we weren't living together. We weren't like as close as we are now. So I was like, I need to take a step back and figure out what I'm going to do with my life. 
Yeah. And where does our relationship fit into that first before I can fully commit to anything? And I think the reason that these last two years, the confusion of getting things figured out and reconfiguring my plans and my ideas has pushed me more towards our relationship as opposed to slowing down like it did before is because when we first had that low point where I was thinking, okay, I'm not ready to make a commitment. I have so many things to figure out. I have so much going on. I had plans. Now I'm at the point where I've seen those plans out to the end. I have my degree. Yeah. I've looked into grad school. I've been at the same job for three years plus, and I've gone through these things, and now I'm seeing, okay, maybe these aren't the things I wanted, but I'm not stressed about it affecting our relationship because I've already gone through the process, seen it to the end, learned from it and it's helped me make decisions on how I want to live my life from that. Mm-hmm. So now I'm not worried about it affecting our relationship. I've had that time and that experience to grow and learn from those yeah. opportunities and it's just made me realize even more how important our relationship is to me. Yeah, and mine was before then. So it was before we've grown to where we are. We weren't living together. We weren't ready for that yet. We were kind of talking about it, but not seriously. I was ready to move out, but not necessarily with you. Not necessarily ready to start our life yet. And it kind of put like an entire different view on my world, you know, like my entire mindset was like, wait, things aren't like how I originally planned. Because I like to plan things out, but almost to a fault. Because I'm like, it has to work out this specific way and if it doesn't then I don't know what to do and I I need to reconfigure my entire mindset that's how I am with big picture things such as a marriage and engagement and moving in together with those big things we weren't as close as um as we are now we weren't we weren't ready for that step in general and I was like yeah I want it but not necessarily like tomorrow and there were things that happened that kind of led me to the career path that I did and whatnot that kind of changed not even intentionally um, for me. So that was like an entire thing. Like, wait, I got to figure out what I'm doing. Cause now it's overwhelming. You know, this section is overwhelming and I'm not, I can't worry about trying to focus on so many things at one time that are so big and monumental in my life. Mm-hmm. And that was earlier in a relationship when we're still figuring out ourselves too. So now that we've figure out ourselves and grown closer in our relationship, it's easier to do those things together and you got your degree already, I was still figuring that out. So yeah. I, I was behind in that time frame. Well, and like I say, I'm, I'm even considering going back to school, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I want to go back to school for. It could be a couple different things. Yeah. But I'm not stressed about those decisions affecting our relationship anymore. Yeah. And that's the biggest, the biggest thing that told me I'm ready for an engagement i'm ready for a wedding because i've gone through these things and i realized no matter what's going on with my life there's always going to be challenges and things that are changing that's a part of life i think that i was always afraid of the change affecting our relationship but now i know those changes are not the end-all be-all of our relationship if we want it to work and we still have the same aspirations and the same desires that we want out of our relationship and out of our life, then those changes are going to be healthy because they're going to yeah. force us to reevaluate. And as long as we're checking in with each other mm-hmm. and making sure that we're still on the same page and what we want, then we'll be successful no matter what's going on. Yeah. I think that's all really the whole point of why we wanted to make this podcast because I could easily see other couples in the same situation as us that yeah. started dating young or started dating in high school and went into the real world is you always have that middle part that's not too sure because you go into it and you're saying everything's Mm -hmm. great i love you everything's happy everything's easy and you make assumptions or you talk about things that you want but actually going into something and doing it and being on your own yeah legitimately to fend for yourself and make your own decisions it's easy to have disconnect and both of you try to make decisions on your own Mm -hmm. without really making a decision for the couple and for the relationship instead of make a decision on your own and you have to be a little selfless and that you can't just make decisions for yourself you have to say if your partner's good with it you have to make sure it's going to benefit the both of you as a couple you really have to think as two people and not one but you have to communicate because otherwise you're going to think you're making a decision for both of you and trying to put your best step forward for the couple but only from one point of view but only from one point of view 
And that's really the whole reason we wanted to make this because I'm sure there's other couples out there who've had similar experiences Mm -hmm. and not really known where it went wrong because I know I remember thinking there's so many great things about a relationship. So why am I worried about it? Why do I feel like I'm going to lose it? Yeah. Because there were so many things going on and changing that we had to keep reevaluating and we had to go through these experiences in college and careers to really that we're more focused on at the the moment to really prioritize our needs and wants yeah and i think that's all right a lot of marriages don't work out you know and right in the beginning there's a lot of issues or why they don't work out is because of the same kind of reasons Mm -hmm. so i that was a big reason why we both decided to take the leap and start this but for those who are deciding that they need to make that conversation, definitely make it in person. Don't send a letter in the mail. (laughs) For those who don't know, we used to send each other letters, even though, yes, now there's texting, now there's phone calls, now there's FaceTime, but it was more kind of romantic in the written word, for us at least, so we would send each other letters, even if it was just to say, hey, you know, not maybe not necessarily something super poetic or romantic, just just to send kind of like a little love letter. It's kind of nice to get it in the mail. You don't really get a lot of real mail nowadays. But yes, I agree. That's definitely important. If you have concerns you later on. If you have concerns about your relationship or you have things that you're not sure about, talk to your partner about them in person. Because mm-hmm. I expressed my concerns over a letter and all it did was panic you mm-hmm. and kind of tore us apart for a little bit. It, and there's room for, for disarray. Maybe you misinterpreted what I meant when I said this, or maybe you thought my intentions were different. Yeah. Always talk to your partner about it in person because that's always the clearest way because if somebody has confusion on something, you can address that right yes. there before things get distorted. Maybe a and, text or something's not the mm-hmm. same. There's no body language. There's no facial expressions, mm-hmm. um, tone inflections that kind of gives you away a certain way. There's nothing... Everything. Yeah, there was nothing for me to be like, okay, this is how he's saying it. Because as soon as, you know, some of the things I read kind of was like, this is the end, is kind of how I felt. Yeah. This is the beginning of the end. And no judgment on any couple who communicates in different ways. You know, some people prefer to text when they're laying in bed right next to each other. That's not how we like to communicate. We're very emotionally involved and because we're both emotional people. <laughs> yes, we're, we're both very emotional people. We both wear our heart on our sleeve. Yeah. But just in general, I think even every once in a while, it's important to really sit down together in person and address even your if it's concerns, even if it's a healthy thing, to yeah. say, hey, I'm really happy with things are right now. I'm really mm-hmm. happy with where we're going. It doesn't always have to be negative yeah. to check in with your partner but you and your partner should check in and reaffirms how the other person feels absolutely it also kind of makes you feel a little better about your relationship or yourself yeah it doesn't even have to be with an issue it could just be to reignite some passion and some romanticism because it's very easy to get caught up in the day-to-day get Mm -hmm. stressed out with careers especially if you have children or you're constantly moving or whatever you got going on in your life it's very easy to have that disconnect and you stop going out on dates even if it's just a good thing, sit down with your partner and be like, hey, let's talk. I'm really happy with where we're at. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love these things about you. I'm really happy or with mm-hmm. me. Just for that reaffirmation, like you were saying, yeah. it, it goes a long way. People want to be appreciated and yeah. people want to be recognized and loved. So even if things are going well, it's never a bad thing to sit down and have a conversation about your relationship. And I think that's actually something we learned after we moved in together, too, is, you know, we kind of got a little bit more caught up in the day-to-day kind of thing, and um, we didn't voice our appreciation for the other. We we would we'd be like, oh, man, they did this. I, I'm so thankful, but we never told the other person. So I think from, you know, that whole letter situation, we kind of learned that, and we kind of grew in our relationship when it came to moments in our relationship, mm-hmm. you know, living together where we were, like, upset about something or whatnot. Like, man, I don't know if they still love me or still appreciate me or whatever. I think we grew from that, learning from that mistake, that, you know, time frame. And the reason that I wrote it down on a letter is because I enjoy writing. I always yeah, was good with, with, with writing and words and poetry and everything. And I felt as if I could express my feelings and say what I wanted to say more clearly than just 
talking out loud when my mind's jumbled yeah. and saying something I didn't want to say. And I was too afraid of saying something wrong. But all I did was give panic because I couldn't explain anything after. Yeah. So if you're going to sit down with your partner with concerns, I don't think it's a bad thing at all to maybe have some notes that you write down, yeah. have some key points you want to talk about. But I don't think it should be solely on paper because like you said you miss a lot of things like mannerisms and tone inflection everything yeah and body language it really goes a long way and tells you more than just what you're saying yeah and i think it would be easier to do that than just jump into a conversation Mm -hmm. because then if someone gets upset and then maybe you say something that's not necessarily how you meant it or like you said and both or if you combine the two it's better and i think no matter what your lifestyle is as a couple it's always healthy because some people go out all the time and they have that romanticism and that passion they're constantly going on Mm -hmm. big fancy dates and dressing up and doing this but even then are you really talking and having conversation or are you thinking you're in love because you're going on nice dates and Mm -hmm. you're in that environment and you're spending lots of time together but are you having that deep like connection like conversation and then there's the other side of it where you and i are more at because you and i live more of a sedentary lifestyle Mm -hmm. and we both would rather most of the time, just chill on the couch and watch a movie. Spend time together. But then you home. have three weeks straight where on our off day together, we're just chilling on the couch and we're both on our phone, not really talking to each other. Yeah. So every once in a while, we turn the TV off and we do like, hey, how are you feeling about things? You know, I'm feeling this way. I think things are going well. What do you think? Yeah, I'm happy too. Okay, good. Then we put, anything, put the movie back on. But anything we feel like we need to talk about, anything that we want to say, even if it's good bad whatever you know anything that's been on our mind lately that type of thing sometimes we'll be like you know what we need to get out of the house we need to go on a date and appreciate each other in that aspect and other times we're like we just need to have a conversation and do something more relaxing and Mm -hmm. just take a time for a time for self-care together type thing yeah and you and your partner are always going to have the same interests i'm very into board games and video video games and card games she's not a gamer she'd prefer to read a book or whatever it is and that's healthy because we don't need to spend every single second together we don't want to be sick of each other you should both have your own hobbies and interests i yeah i have a hard time understanding how i'm supposed to golf so it's not as fun for me it's more frustrating i'll go golfing or bowling or you know you'd rather go i'm not very good at get a facial and drink some wine like we have different interests which is good and healthy because when we have that time apart we're not having one person just bored and missing the other person feeling like there's nothing to do you should maintain your interests i don't think your partner should ever discourage you from having your own interests and hobbies because you still need to live your own life at the end of the day you're still your own person yeah you still have your own interests and your own things that make you happy that you enjoy so same, doing same thing. but at the same time you should do some things every once in a while that maybe you don't feel like doing as much as your partner and show some appreciation to your partner and and give a little bit it shouldn't be no i'm just going to do what i want to do in my on my own time because there's a lot of moments when you're like hey let's go do this and i'm like ah i don't really feel like it but i'll go most mm-hmm. of the time, unless I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm really not feeling it today. And you'd be like, okay. But I try to make sure I go at least half and the time. Versa. And most of the time, once we're out and we're doing the thing, I'm good anyways. Wait, and it's just the thought together. of being lazy. Like, yeah. oh, no, I'm too comfortable right now. But once I actually go, we put ourselves out there, we're doing the thing. I feel good about it. And I'm like, yeah. I'm glad I, I, I would have regretted not going because yeah. I'm bored. Like, we need to do something together. But then... We have days where we do our own thing, and that's yeah. fine, too. I think it should be a nice split. Yeah, and then there's times where maybe you just want some time to yourself. Maybe if you're together a lot, maybe you just need a second to mm-hmm. have a second to yourself. Like, I'll go and get a facial while you're doing, yeah. you know, playing video games or something, or go to the library or something, or um, you'll go out with your friends and go do something mm-hmm. while I'm doing something else. Because like, I'm definitely more extroverted than you. You're definitely yeah. an introvert. But I also do not mind at all having some alone time, having the place to myself, just chilling, not having any interaction. Sometimes you just need that time by yourself with no distractions and interruptions. I think sometimes it just depends because when you have a day off and you're by yourself and you're home all day, you're thinking, that was a waste of a day. I could have been at work making money. But for me, I'm like, oh, I love that. Got my whole day of alone time. It was mm-hmm. sweet. I can entertain myself. I can relax. But then we have that one day a week together, usually almost every week, 
where we go and do something together. Even yeah. if it's just, if we want to sit on the couch that week, that's what yeah. we do. Just but, go get brunch and come back home. Yeah. Go get a coffee and have like a little coffee date or go get lunch and have a lunch date. Like just something, something small. It doesn't have to be something so extravagant. So we've learned a lot of these things that's gotten us to the point of our mm-hmm. engagement. We've learned and grown from that. Yeah. So. And we'll talk more about that in our episode about moving in together too because that's where we learned a lot more about our habits and how we spend our free time and everything Mm -hmm. when we're actually together all the time most of the time doing chores or cooking wise things we don't like doing but we've gone through a lot to get to this point and it hasn't been at all a spurred decision no it hasn't been something that we haven't talked about we've been on both sides of the relationship of the uncertainty to the i know this is what i want Mm -hmm. from the everything is great and lovey-dovey to some really hard times really hard times and we've had to make these transitions and Mm -hmm. i'm like i say i'm so proud of us for everything we've made it through for continuing to support each other and i've said from the beginning one of the most important things my Three most important things to me in a relationship is honesty, respect, and forthcomingness. Mm-hmm. I want us to be honest about our feelings. I don't want either of us to lie for the other person's feelings or lie to make them feel comfortable that make we're at the feel same spot. Than, you know. And if we ever have disagreements about things, I don't want us to be disrespectful. Yeah. We're going to have disagreements. We're going to have arguments. It's perfectly healthy. Yeah. But I don't ever want one of us to stoop low to where we're just being disrespectful at that point. Yeah, just like trying we're to gonna get a have dig arguments. Out the other person. Yeah, we're gonna have arguments, but keep it relative to what we're arguing about, yeah. and not just taking personal digs. We try to be very respectful mm-hmm. of each other's space and time and opinions. We're definitely not the couple to be like, yeah, remember that one time twelve years ago when you did this? Yeah, remember that now? Yeah. Like we're not like that. Which we'll talk about it. We're not gonna completely yeah. forget those things happened because it's part of what put our relationship at the point it's at mm-hmm. it's important to we've remember those things and learn from it but don't be disrespectful and throw it in your partner's face because it was a mistake your partner hopefully has learned from it yeah and is doing better because of it now yeah and you've grown from it that's not to Absolutely. say like there's nothing that someone can do to kind of make or break a moment or whatever you know if for example we have not had this issue but if someone were to cheat and you decide that you want Mm -hmm. to continue your relationship like maybe that's a big mistake that happened or whatever and so maybe yeah that's something you have to work through it all goes back to talking with your partner seeing how they're feeling about it because Mm -hmm. you really have to be vulnerable and put yourself out there and truly be honest because let's say that is a situation where somebody cheats and the partner that was cheated on takes them back years down the line you know they say they've moved on from it but maybe they're just trying to save face or make peace you know you need to check in and really be brutally honest and make yourself vulnerable if you want to be successful Mm -hmm. because if you have reservations or things that you're holding in the back of your mind that are affecting your relationship you might not even realize it it's good for your own mental health to have everything out on the table you really have to think as one person Mm -hmm. and think for the other person not just what you would do and you really have to check in And that's actually something, we didn't ever have any kind of cheating scenario, but there was a moment here or there where something the other person has done that really affected us. And yeah, we definitely had to grow past harboring that resentment and be like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm I'm over it, but not not being over it and Mm -hmm. just kind of working through it and then being okay on the other side. You can't really continue a relationship and grow together if you're harboring that resentment or feeling that certain way towards the other person. And I think there's things that you and I talked about years ago that still come up to this day randomly and we'll say, yeah, you know, this happened, but I feel better about it because of this or because this happened, I don't feel as bad about this other thing that happened or I'm going into this not as worried because we've already talked about something similar. Mm -hmm. You always kind of have to bring it back. And I'm not, you know, you can't dredge on your mistakes but you can't only think about the good things either because yeah, then you're fooling in. yourself into thinking you're yeah. in a perfect relationship. No relationship is perfect. At the end of the day, you're two individual people with their own thoughts, their own habits, their own mm-hmm. desires, their own behavior. But you have to always keep in mind that you've made that commitment. You both want the same things. You both trust each other completely. You're both completely honest. 
And as long as you're you doing all those things and you both want it to work and you're both checking in with yourselves and with your partner, mm -hmm. then you'll be successful because things are always going to happen. Nothing's going to be perfect. But if you have that structure where you know we're going to check in, we're going to be honest, mm -hmm. we're going to try our best for each other because this is what we want, then you'll be fine. I think that also helps with people falling out of love is that, you know, you, you just get so used to every day to day and yeah we love each other but you're not continuing your relationship like even though you're married or even though you've been together for a long time you still have to connect with each other and revisit conversations and check in with each other and kind of still grow your relationship because mm -hmm. no matter what it's still a relationship it it's like a plant you can't just say oh I watered it and it's good to go for the rest of its life. You still got to check in and make sure it's got the water it needs, the food it needs, whatnot. So it's still something you're growing no matter how long you've been together. Right. It's my belief that you will never be as close with your partner until the day one of you dies. You'll never be as smart until your last day on earth. You're always learning. Yeah. You're always, always changing your opinion. You're always growing as a person. Doesn't matter how old you are, how long you've been in your relationship, how long you've known somebody, things change, people mm -hmm. change. And it's not always a bad thing, mm -hmm. but you just have to be aware of it. And be ready and for it. Be ready for it. And, and know be conscious that, that it, it will happen even if you don't know necessarily how. And even if things change and you have uncertain moments mm -hmm. or you have rough times, as long as you still have those basic principles that you both are putting that effort in. Mm -hmm. And because you want to, because yeah, you want the relationship to be successful, not just because you're trying to make the relationship work, make it work because you want it to, Yeah. then everything will be all right. Yeah, because if you're putting the effort towards it because you want to be together, you want it to work, then it well yeah so. so hopefully there's others out there who have success stories from making that tough transition from dating young and making it to a married couple we're starting our wedding planning we don't have any dates or of any kind but we're working on it we're looking yeah. into it we're just enjoying being in this phase of a, our relationship mm -hmm. and reminiscing on how we got here yep. and we're just enjoying the life so we will update you guys the next episode with any updates on wedding plans as we go and thank you everybody for listening have a great day